Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road, and we're excited. I got my partner, Daryl Spicer, with me, and he's excited too. I'm excited because we're going to bring trailer trucking to the radio. We're a couple old trailer truckers, and our ministry is to the driver. But you know, that's the way it started, but all of a sudden we figured it out. It's not a truck driving ministry, it's a whosoever ministry. So we're going to hopefully enlighten you a little bit about the trucking industry, but more importantly, we want to bring Jesus to the drivers out there on the road and to you. So tune in for Church on the Road. up driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels lord that's the lonely sound i spend all day chasing that old white line i've been on the road so long i've lost track of time now it don't matter where i'm going i just gotta drive i have the white line fever till the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue mag Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have that white line fever to the day isn't it daryl it sure is yeah i'll tell you what now i've got to put on some music by james Payne because the reason is i love his music that's the reason that's right and i think you drivers are going to love it too so we appreciate you allowing us to ride along with you in the cab and turn your radio in right now because james Payne has got a great song just for you As a child he watched his father Bring life out of the wood Fixing broken things As only a carpenter could With Joseph's hands on his He taught him the trade And Mary marvels and all the things her little carpenter made As he grew he knew He must do his father's will And every road he went down Led him up to a hill By his blood he'd pay the price For every man's soul 
Through tear-stained eyes his mother watched God's master plan unfold Just outside Jerusalem You could hear the steel hammers ring As Jesus builds his church On an old rugged tree As they raised the timbers They shook the gates of hell Ain't it amazing What a carpenter can build With just a little bit of wood And a handful of nails This old church is still standing here today Pointing souls back to that place Where sins were washed away Just outside Jerusalem You could hear the steel hammers ring As Jesus builds his church On an old rugged tree What a carpenter can build With just a little bit of wood And a handful of nails Wow, what a powerful song that was by our good friend James Payne and he is joining us today right here in the cab with you drivers. And James, tell us a little bit about that song there. I love hearing testimonies about how a song was written. Share a little bit about that song and the one you're getting ready to sing, if you don't mind. I was doing a service for a Church of Christ drug and alcohol rehab center, and they had a man there who had been through the program and he remained on as a worker there, and he was a carpenter, and he showed me all around the place. And after he took me on this tour, he said to me, ain't it amazing what a carpenter can build with a little bit of wood and a handful of nails? And so I went back to the hotel and wrote that song. You know, some songs you write mean a lot to you as a lot more to you in life as life goes along. And this next song I want to do, when I wrote it, <clears throat> I didn't realize how much it would mean to me. But there is a heaven. Can you hear me okay out there? I said there is a heaven. And we who are believers will one day go there. On December the 11th at 9, 10 in the morning, my world stopped turning. My wife of 47 years left this earth as I held her hand and quoted the 23rd Psalm. But the first breath she took after that was celestial. And nothing in this old world compares to what's waiting on us in heaven. And because Jesus rose from the dead, he became the first fruits of resurrection. And we have eternal life right now. Not in the future, but right now. We close our eyes here, open our eyes there. God reminded me when I was a young man and we had children, my little boy a lot of times would go to sleep in church. And we'd carry him out and put him in the car and take him home and he'd wake up in his own bed. And the Lord said, that's what happened to Ruby. She went to sleep here and I carried her and she woke up there. Amen. Aren't you glad for heaven? They're waiting on you on the other side. And that's what this song talks about. There's been a lot of mountains that I've had to climb. 
There have been some rivers, some deep and oh so wide. Dark valleys try to pull me back to the life I left behind. When I steal away to my secret place, in prayer I close my eyes. I can hear the angels singing. I can see old Jordan's tide Just across the river Pearly gates are open wide I can see my Savior reaching With outstretched nail-scarred hands Though I'm walking through the valley I can see the promised land Storm clouds sometimes gather Try to blind my eyes To the joy that I know's waiting Just beyond the eastern sky And this world that's growing darker With every passing day I can still see the lights of home When I steal away and pray I can hear the angels singing I can see old Jordan's tide Just across the river Early gates are open wide I can see my Savior reaching With outstretched nail-scarred hands Though I'm walking through the valley I can see the promised land I can hear the angels sing I can see old Jordan's tide Just across the river Pearly gates are open wide I can see my Savior reaching With outstretched nail-scarred hands Though I'm walking through the valley I can see the promised land Though I'm walking through the valley I can see the promised land Every now and then we need a good message. Boy, you got that right, Daryl. And we have James Payne riding along with us in the cab today. So, James, would you share a message with our listeners today? When Ruby and I were real young, we lived in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And there was a theater there called the Tivoli Theater. And Ruby and I were just rednecks. We'd never been anywhere, never seen anything, never done anything. And Ruby wanted to go see this play that was coming to town. Now, I'd never been to a play before. So we put on our best clothes, and we went to the Tivoli, and we got our, our seats, and we sat down, and the curtains went up, and the music began to play, and the lights came down, and the actors walked out on the stage, and, man, I was up on the edge of my seat. And for the next 45 minutes, man, I couldn't believe it. Now, you got to remember, this is in the day when we only had three channels on television. And the kids were the remote control. And if the president was on, your night was wasted. Or the Pope. Okay? So, to go to a theater and see a play was exciting. And right in the middle of the most interesting part, the lights came up, curtain came down, everybody left the stage. And I looked at Ruby, and she looked at me, and I said, that's about the stupidest ending to any play I've ever seen in my life. And everybody started leaving, walking out of the theater. So we got up and went out, and they were standing out there in the lobby, and they were smoking and talking and about what was going on. And I thought, this is strange. I told Ruby, I said, I don't want to stand here and listen to this. Let's go home. So we started out the door. And when we got to the door, there was an usher there opened the door for us, and here's what he said. He said, aren't you going to stay for the next part? 
I said, what? And then he said these words, and you can write this down. He said, it's just intermission. Look at somebody and say, it's just intermission. Now, we have those times, and maybe you're there right now because I am, when it's just intermission. Now, think about that. I want to read a scripture out of the book of 1 Samuel, and this is an excerpt from the life of King David. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. It's in the 22nd chapter. And it begins in verse number 1. Now, you've got to remember, David was anointed to be king over Israel. And from the day he was anointed to the day he became king, all hell broke loose in his life. And this ought to answer the question for some of you that wonder why you're going through some of the things you're going through and why you're being attacked like you're being attacked. Anytime the anointing increases in your life, all hell is going to break loose in your life. Come on. Are you listening to me? I said when anointing increases in your life, it attracts adversaries and attacks on your life, and you're going to go through some things, but you ought to know this, that you go through some things to get to some things. And the more difficult what you're going through is, the more wonderful what you're going to is. And we find that in David's life. It says here in 1 Samuel, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam, and when his brethren and all the father's house heard it, they went down thither, And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Now, it didn't look like at this moment that David had been anointed to become king. It looked like his life was over. He was hemmed up in a cave. Everybody around him were bigger losers than he was. Come on. Have you ever noticed that about your life? When you're going through things, God will send people to you that are in worse shape than you are. You pray for one good person to come. You you pray for one good person. God, if I could just have one person that's got it together, but God sends you people in worse shape than you are. If you ever go through any financial challenges, one God will send you the ones in worse shape than you are. And here David was... And he's, in, and he's got people around him that are in worse shape than he is. But guess what? It's just intermission. You need to understand things can turn around in your life overnight. In 24 hours, your life can change in a way that you never dreamed about. One night, David went to bed in a palace. The next night, he went to bed in a cave. One day, he is playing a harp in the king's orchestra. The next day, he's a solo act with a bunch of losers. But it's just intermission. One night, he went to sleep on silk pillows and satin sheets. The next night, he laid down on a stone inside of a cave. You think things can't get worse in your life? Honey, let me tell you something. Your world can crumble and fall around your feet in a 24-hour period, and David is living proof. And you need to hear what this preacher is saying this morning. When that happens, you need to understand it's just intermission. It ain't over. God has not finished with you. Oh, come on. The best days of of your life are not behind you. The best days of your life are in front of you. It's just intermission. Come on. God sent a prophet to David and told David to come out of the cave and go back to Judah. And that's where you need to go this morning. If you've been in the darkness and dampness of a cave or a situation that hurts you and you don't want to be in, you got to get up out of that, climb up on top of your problem and praise God anyhow. Come on. If I did what I wanted to do this morning, I'd be home. Amen. Or wondering, God, why did this happen in my life? But I know if I'm going to get through this, thing. I got to keep on praising God because this is just intermission. It's just intermission. And I'll tell you, this is going to be a long sermon, quiet as you are this morning. 
You better clap your hands. You better praise God. You need to understand something. It's just intermission. And some things you need to remember in intermission. Number one, it's not over. But look, look around this morning. Look at the people that are here. Good things are happening. God is moving by his spirit. The anointing is still here. You know why? Because although things change, doesn't mean God changes. I said just because things change, don't mean God changes. Just because plans and circumstances change, don't mean God changes. Look at somebody say, it's not over. Ruby and I stood in the lobby of that theater and all of a sudden lights started blinking and, and, and somebody came over the intercom and here's what they said. Intermission is over. Oh my God. I want to, I want to tell you this morning. God sent me to you today to tell you an intermission is over. You're getting ready to see the second act. You're getting ready to see the conclusion. You're getting ready to see God do what he ain't never done. You're getting ready to see God pour out his spirit like he ain't never poured out his spirit. You're getting ready to see God move and, and miraculous miracles and signs and wonders happen like they never happened. Intermission is over. We live in one of the most historic times. What are you saying, Brother Payne? I'm saying this is the end time. This is the last day. Jesus is getting ready to pour out his spirit on all flesh. I said God is getting ready to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Intermission is over. The second part is about to begin. What you got to understand in the, in the time of intermission, it's not over. And the next scene is more exciting than the last scene. You know why? Because not just in dramas or plays or movies, but with God, the best is yet to come. The final conclusion is going to be greater than anything that's happened up to this time. Amen. That cave of Adullin was a place where things were put on hold. I want to read you the definition of intermission out of the dictionary. It says, number one, intermission is the pause between two parts. It's an interruption of the ordinary. A period of time when things are put on hold or suspended while the next scene is being set up. Come on. In your intermission, God is setting up the next part of your life. In intermission, God is preparing the next phase of your ministry or your life. When Ruby and I walked back in, we sat down in our seat. The curtains came up. The lights went down. The whole stage had been changed. The music has changed. Now it's faster. It's more exciting. It's building toward a conclusion. The, even the actors changed. Are you still there? Let me tell you something. Things, when you start coming out of intermission, when you start entering that next phase, oh, I tell you, everything changes. Everything gets more exciting. Everything begins to move on a more rapid pace. Tell somebody, it's just intermission, and intermission is over. I pronounce and proclaim and declare and prophesy that intermission is over. In the next few months, you're going to see God send revival. You're going to send God send his spirit. You're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. This is it's going to be a healing place. It's going to be a soul-saving station. It's going to be charged with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God's about to do things that will blow your mind, that will stagger your imagination. Why? Because God is in control, and he sent me with a rhema word. Intermission is over. I began to talk to God. I said, Lord, Ruby and I had such a great life, 47 years I was married to the greatest woman I ever met. The greatest friend that I ever had. The most powerful prayer warrior that I ever had the privilege of spending time with. I said, God, how can it get any better? He said, because I'm God. He said... Ruby was a seed you sow. 
And you're about to have a harvest like you had never had. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you need to tell your vision intermission is over. Say amen. Some of you need to tell your dreams intermission is over. You need to tell your ministry intermission is over. You need to tell your marriage intermission is over. You need to tell your business intermission is over. You need to tell your finances intermission is over. You need to tell your physical body that's racked in pain intermission is over. I'm about to make a comeback. Come on. I'm about to make a comeback. Glory to God. David, you see, he'd have remained in that cave and maybe never been heard of. But the prophet said, David, you got to get out of this hold. You got to get out of this cave and you got to go back to Judah. Why? Judah means in scripture a place of praise. And you know something I've discovered through all the tragedies I've walked through? There's not anything too big that I can't praise my way through it. You see, it don't impress the devil when I say hallelujah and everything's going great. It don't impress the devil when I say thank you, Jesus, and I'm living on the mountaintop and the sun is shining and the bills are paid. But let me tell you something. When you're standing in the valley, knee deep in devils and all hell telling you you ought to give up and you ought to quit and you climb right up on top of that and you say as Job, though God slay me, I'll trust him. I'm going to praise him no matter what happens in my life. I'm going to glorify him. He's God regardless of what I'm going through. When you get that praise that comes from way down in here through the hell that you're walking through, all heaven stands at attention. Hell starts backing up. Come on. I'm telling you, everything changes. Intermission is over. When I do telethons, which I do quite a few on TV, the last thing I do when I walk off the stage of the telethon is go get my briefcase, pick up my cell phone, and call Ruby. And she always says, well, how's it, how'd it go? And if it's on national television, she's watching, and she'll say, you know, you really did good. You preached a great message. She's my biggest cheerleader, my biggest fan. The other night I walked off the set in Akron, Ohio, preached to millions that night on television, picked up my phone and started to call her. When suddenly I realized she's been gone for two months or three months at the time. But let me tell you something this morning. God is still God. The devil's still defeated. The word of God is still true. I'm still victorious. I'm not mad at God. I'm not upset with circumstances. You know why? Because it's just intermission, and intermission is over. The greatest part of my life is just ahead of me. Amen. I'm going to have greater anointing. I'm going to have greater opportunities. I'm going to have greater, uh, you know, uh, uh, talents and songs and abilities than I've ever had because this is just intermission and I'm making a comeback. I said I'm making a comeback. Now, let me close this message this morning since it's Easter Sunday. Jesus is crucified on Friday. They take his body from the cross Take it to the tomb. Roll a stone that weighs between one and two tons in front of that opening. Set guards by that tomb and change them every three hours to ensure nobody steals his body. And it looks like it's over. Come on. These men that had been following him for three years listening to him preach and watching him perform miracles. they now fishing because it looks like it's over. But it's just, help me, it's just, <laughs> come on, it's just intermission. It's just intermission. It's not over. The fat lady ain't sung. Come on, she ain't even warming up. Come on, talk to me. Amen, it ain't over. I don't care what you're going through. Shauna watching in that cancer ward, it ain't over. 
Come on, it ain't over. They gave Ruby two weeks. She lived 39 months. It ain't over till God says it's over. No matter what the doctor says, no matter what the banker says, no matter what the preacher says, it ain't over until God says it's over. Come on, and it ain't over. If you'll declare by faith, you can give up right now. You can quit right now. You can go back right now. Or you can stand right up in the middle of your mess and say, listen, it's just intermission, and intermission's over. I'm coming back. I'm walking out of this thing. God is not finished with me. You see, you got to make up your mind. I could have quit. Mr. Nett, you could have quit. You could have give up. But we decided we're not going to give up. We're going to get up, and we're going to move forward. Ruby's mission is finished. Her course has been completed. Mine's not. Just because things change don't mean God's plan changes. Jesus is in the tomb, but it's just intermission. Now, there's four possible conclusions you can draw from the resurrection. Number one, his enemies came and stole his body. And if you believe that, let me ask you a question. Why didn't they take his body and show it to everybody to prove that he didn't raise from the dead? Second conclusion you might draw. Well, maybe his disciples came and st stole his body. You know, if that's true, if you and I are part of a fraud and we know that Jesus didn't raise from the dead and they tell us they're going to kill us if we keep preaching this, are we going to keep preaching it? No, because it's a fraud. I ain't dying for something that's a fraud. You hear what I'm saying? If the disciples stole his body, they're not going to die, be beaten and put to death for something they know never happened. Peter's not going to stand up on Pentecost and say, this Jesus that you crucified, God has raised him from the dead and made him both Lord and Christ and 3,000 people fall down and get saved. You can't preach about a fraud with that kind of authority. The third conclusion, well, well Jesus wasn't really dead. He got up out of the tomb by himself. He rolled a two-ton stone away, whipped all the guards, and escaped and went into seclusion like Howard Hughes. What I don't understand, some of the explanations of the professors takes more faith to believe than the truth. But the fourth conclusion and the one that I adhere to is that on the third day, the curtain came up, the music began to play, he's alive, he's alive, the stone's been rolled away, he's alive. That was the song the angel was setting on the stone when the, when the disciples began to arrive said, for he is not here in Matthew 28, for he has risen. Now, if he has risen, ladies and gentlemen, he's here right now. If he's risen, he rose with power. And Romans 8, 11 said that same power that raised him from the dead dwells in you. If he raised from the dead, then you're going to raise from the dead. If he raised from the dead, then there's salvation through his blood. If he raised from the dead, then we're victorious. Some of you need to realize this because you've been in intermission and it looks like ain't nothing ever going to change and it ain't never going to happen. But just as sure as I'm here this morning, if you'll stand up in faith and you'll just say, listen, I don't care what it looks like. God has never failed me. God has never failed me. It's God is... It's, Prophecies have been spoken over my life and God means to do these things in my life. But you see, you can give up and you can quit and you can turn back any time or you can get up and climb up on the Word of God and say, I'm going to believe the Word of God no matter what it looks like. That 
preacher said intermission is over and I'm going to start acting like it. Come on. I'm going to quit crying about what I've lost. I'm going to quit being so down about what I'm going through. I'm just going to stand up and realize I'm a child of God. The word of God's true. The devil's defeated. I'm victorious. And the second act hadn't started yet. But bless God, it's going to because intermission is over. I don't have time to tell you, but I'll tell you. You can read it for yourself. When David was in that cave, he wrote the 57th Psalm. And if you want to turn there this week and read the 57th Psalm, you'll find out how David got out of the cave. The first thing he said is, I find shelter in the shadow of your wings. In other words, Lord, you're so close that I'm just going to rest in you. Come on. He goes on to say that his God shut the mouth of his enemies. Come on. It's just intermission. On that third day, the stones rolled away. Jesus, you see, the way they buried people like then was like you would, you know, would do a mummy. They wrapped them in cloth. They put spices, wrap another layer of cloth, put spices. And that was all still in place. But there wasn't a body in it. And over here was the shroud or the napkin that covered his face, neatly folded. You see, he had plenty of time. He wasn't in a hurry when he walked out of the tomb. He said, let me fold this. Amen. If you know anything about Jewish culture, you'll know that the folding of the napkin means I will come back or I will return. <laughs> now, if you believe he came out of the grave, would you shout amen? That's not very good. I said, if you believe he came out of the grave, shout amen. But if you believe that, you have to believe he's coming back. Because not only did he say, I will rise again, he said, I will come again. If you believe he came out of the grave, shout hallelujah. If you believe that, you have to believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation. It means that the Islamic and the Muslim religion cannot bring you to Christ or bring you to heaven. It can make you a better moral person if you adhere to its principles and precepts. Because they have some good teaching when it comes to living morally accurate or correct, right? But if you read in the book of Seth in the Quran, it says these words. Jesus was not really crucified. They only made it appear that he was. So if he was not crucified, he did not raise from the dead. And if he did not raise from the dead, then there's no salvation. Because in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Paul said, If Christ be not risen from the dead, then our faith is in vain. That's the world's blackest assumption, if Christ be not raised from the dead. But I'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. He did raise from the dead. He did walk out of that grave. He showed himself alive, Acts 1-3, by many infallible proofs being seen of men and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. In verse 4, he commanded them to go to Jerusalem and tarry till they be endued with power from on high. Because in Acts 1-8, he said, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come up on you. In Acts 2-1, it says, and they were in one place and one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they're sitting, cloven tongues like as a fire set up on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. You know why? Jesus said, when I go Oh, he'll come. And Jesus went back to the Father and the Holy Ghost came. And the Holy Ghost is here right now. And we're two or more gathered together in the name of Jesus. He's in the midst of him. You can be healed today. You can be delivered today. You can be set free today. You can receive the Holy Ghost today. You can be blessed today. It's up to you. But you have to believe. Now, I really didn't mean to preach this long. But I'm only here today. God has been using me greater in the gifts than ever before in my life. You know why? Intermission is over. God has been healing more people through my ministry in the last three months than in the last 38 years. You know why? Intermission is over. I'm in the second part now. I'm in the conclusion in the Bible, in Genesis 1-11, it said on the third day of creation, when God was creating sky, moon, rivers, everything, on the third day of creation, he created the seed. And he said, everything that you ever need is in the seed. And he put resurrection in that seed. So if you take a kernel of corn, put it in the earth, that corn will die, and then it will resurrect. 
Not only will it resurrect, it will multiply. And the reason God did that is because he knew that one day there would be another seed. Jesus referred to himself as a corn of wheat. He said, you put a corn of wheat in the ground, he said he'd come forth. He compared himself to that. He said, I'm going to be buried, but I'm going to resurrect. And so today as we close, maybe you've got tithe, maybe you've got an offering, I don't know. Uh, but we're going to plant this and we're going to write on the envelope or we're going to write on the check, Resurrection Seed. And then we're going to pray a resurrection prayer over that seed. If you are watching by internet, you should send in a resurrection seed and we'll pray over that resurrection seed. And that resurrection seed will come forth just like Jesus came forth and multiply. Now, look at me and listen to me. I have been debt-free for over 26 years. And the way I got debt-free was by sowing. When Ruby passed away, I'd been off work so long that I'm in a deep hole financially. So first thing I did was give away my car. And it was a nice car. It was a Cadillac Escalade. I gave it away. Somebody said, I wish it had been me. But I gave it away. And then I bought a car for somebody else that needed a car. Did I have the money? No. But you see, I know that you got to sow in order to reap. And let me just lay this on you. The level of faith you're sowing in is the level of faith you're walking in. If you're sowing dollars, you got dollar faith. If you're sowing five, you got five faith. If you're sowing hundred, you got hundred faith. If you're sowing thousand, you got thousand faith. I didn't say that, the word did. I'll tell you something, every offering is connected to the cross. The first offering given in Scripture said there's one coming that's going to be a supreme offering. He came, died on the cross. Every offering given since the cross of Calvary is a celebration that he came. So to reject an offering is to reject the cross. Everybody, come on. Everybody can give something. Even if you have to get it out of your neighbor's purse, you can give something. Come on, get your offering ready. Praise God. I want you to look at me, listen to me for a moment. I'm going to start right over here to my right. Thank God for all these wonderful children. We've got a great church of tomorrow coming on. Right here in this section, everybody look at me and listen to me for a moment. If Jesus were to come today, and he, and he could, are you ready to meet him? Is everything all right between you and the Lord? If not, I want to pray for you. And I wouldn't embarrass you for the world, but I need to know where you are. Brother Payne, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. Would you pray for me today that God will change my life? Anyone in this section? All right, what about this section? Anyone in this section, Brother Payne, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. Would you pray for me? God bless you, sir. Anyone else with this man say, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. Amen. What about this section here? Anyone here? Brother Payne, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. Please pray for me. God bless you, honey. What about this section here? Brother Payne, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. Please pray for me. Anyone here? All right, those of you watching by internet, if you don't know Jesus, this would be a great day to come to know him as your Savior. And you can do that right where you are because we're going to pray a prayer with these who raise their hand. And when we pray this prayer with them, I want you to pray that prayer with us and then contact us either by mail or, or, or by internet or whatever. Let us know. I prayed this prayer 45 years ago. And I remember all those people, because I was a heroin addict and an alcoholic, I remember all those people in my family that knew me, they said, it won't last two weeks. You remember, How many of you remember people work with? and people? They say it won't last two weeks. But it's been 45 years. Most of them have said that are dead. And unfortunately, many of them went to hell. But Jesus has been real. I was sick of sin. I was sick of the world. I was sick of the devil. 
When I came to Christ, he came into my heart. My life's been different since that day. I want us to bow our heads together. I'm going to lead us in this prayer. And then when we finish praying this prayer, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you today in the name of Jesus for these who raise their hand. And Lord, as I lead them in this prayer, I'm believing you, Lord, to take them at their word and at their faith and save them and deliver them and write their name in your Lamb's book of life and let their lives never be the same. Let resurrection happen in them today like it happened in me 45 years ago. Now pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died and I believe you rose from the dead. I believe that your blood gives me from, gives me forgiveness of sin. And right now, I accept you as my Savior and my Lord and believe that your blood sets me free. From this day forward, I intend to live for you and to tell others about you and lead others to you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Now let me pray. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you heard the prayers of these who raised their hand and said they were not where Christ would like for them to be. Holy Spirit, you are now in their life. I'm asking you to give them a hunger for God's word. Give them a desire to come to God's house and give them the boldness to tell others about their conversion and their salvation. Now, Lord, keep your hand on them because one day I want to walk down the avenues of heaven with them knowing that they did not miss heaven and they did not go to hell because we did what you told us to do in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Stretch your hand out toward the offering today, gentlemen. Let's put this offering together. I want to pray over it. Stretch your hand out with me, Lord. I break the spirit of debt. I release the spirit of increase. And thank you for this resurrection seed that will multiply 100-fold in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Sometimes I feel like giving up when my back's against the wall and I've had enough sins try to pull me back to yesterday. But I couldn't go back if I wanted to There's a cross standing in my way When I see the blood running down that rugged tree There's a cross standing in my way When my hopes and dreams come crashing down And I search for the answers But they can't be found just steal away and begin to pray. I tell old Satan, I can't go back. There's a cross standing in my way. Jesus paid for me 
call someone and tell them what God has just done for you. You know, you'd have to sit on both hands to keep from waving at everybody when they went by when you get saved, man. You just got to tell everybody what's going on in your life. You want to get their attention. So we'd really love it for you to call us at Channel 21 Ministries at 615-663-3199 or give Gary Rayburn a call at 618-383- 2107, we want to send you more CDs, more material. If you haven't got a Bible, we'll send you a Bible. We want to help you drivers out there on the road. So give us a call. Let us help you. We want to pray with you. and uh, We want to walk this walk with you. Amen. So drivers, we're looking forward to hearing from you. And drivers, my friend Gary Rayburn has a song and testimony called At the Foot of the Tree that Dennis McKay uh, recorded for Gary and did an awesome job. And just like Gary Rayburn, if you said that prayer, then you've got a testimony. So let's go to the foot of the tree. At the crossroads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those eighteen wheels are rolling that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past But I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross 
broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree got some exciting news we want to share with you. The McKay Project is up for three Diamond Awards. They are in the top ten, and you can vote for them. Duet of the Year, Christian Country Group of the Year, and also Christian Country Song of the Year for the song Taking Me Home, and that's a song that I got to help write. So we would love for you to log on to sgnscoops.com and click on the link where it says you can vote for the Diamond Awards and vote for the McKay Project for their three nominees. We'll find out who the winners are October 29th of 2019 in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And we're excited about the McKay Project being a part of Lonesome Road Ministry, and we're going to be coming out with Lonesome Road, Volume 3 in 2020. So check out that website, sgnscoops.com, and vote for the McKay Project for their number one song, Taking Me Home, and you can vote for it to become the song of the year. Here it is, Dennis and Leslie McKay, Taking Me Home. Seems to end, but it's 
this message today and we hope this message blessed you today and we want to hear from you you can call me chaplain daryl spicer at 615-663-3199 or you can call chaplain gary rayburn lonesome road ministries 618-383-2107 and remember this friends jesus loves you and we We do do too. too we'll talk at you later